The Stages podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands on which our artists and audiences meet. We pay our respect to past, present and emerging elders. We acknowledge the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Hello, I'm Peter Ayers and you're listening to Stages, the podcast that converses with creatives... Then the next block further down there was the Royal, then the Prince Edward was right opposite the Royal, then the Savoy. And we used to get fined if you were late for the half hour and fine for misbehaving on stage. Just for God's sake, do it better. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can say. But when you've gone through that, you do get a lot of ego. And you go out there knowing that the one thing that's different every time is that audience. I didn't wake up until I was in emergency. I was around the uh, world of actors as a child. Crawfords were needing a casting assistant. No business plan, no concept, no training. It's not something you could do now. Went to school on Friday, got on the bus on Saturday, auditioned for the show. They said, you've got the role. I never went back to school again. <laughs> Thank so, you. Well, I've enjoyed being here talking about my favourite subject. Ego in check, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a date. <laughs> it's a date. Hello, I'm Peter Ayers and welcome back to Stages, the podcast that converses with creatives about craft and career. The opportunity to view live theatrical performance from the comfort of home is an experience to which many of us have given indulgent thought. Competing with the ordeal of travel, parking and audience, especially in the time of COVID, is never an attractive proposition. However, we do so because nothing can replace the visceral engagement of witnessing a company of performers and creatives conjure stories right there in front of us. Living in the big cities can make this ritual commonplace, but it is a practice that is not available to many keen theatre-goers, patrons in regional centres, immunocompromised viewers and those looking for affordable and accessible tickets are likely to miss out on the work presented by our national theatre, dance, music and opera companies. Australian Theatre Live is a new experience of performance allowing us to see quality theatre on digital platforms while also preserving for eternity what is an ephemeral night in the theatre. Emma Wright is an associate producer with the Australian Theatre Live and joins stages to provide insight into this fascinating alternative to experiencing and preserving our great performances. Emma Wright, hello, um, from the offices of Australian Theatre Live. Hello, hello, Peter. Great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. To talk about um, uh, a couple of my favourite things and a couple of your favourite things also, um, theatre and film and, and how they merge at Australian Theatre Live to keep us all very happy campers. Indeed, indeed. It's um, it's a joy to be a part of a company that merges merges the two art forms um it's a it's a beautiful thing to see uh, yeah to see an intersection um of them in a way that we we haven't previously in australia now, emma i don't need this to uh, convince you but theater is an essential part of life it, it it enriches us uh through the experience of of going and seeing live performance it's it's a tonic in a way uh, and never more so has that been demonstrated than uh, i think during the the COVID years Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, I think uh, for myself personally, one of very few good things to come out of the pandemic has been 
the opportunities it has afforded ATL um, in terms of, uh, you know, government support we've had um, and opportunities to really um, introduce ourselves to a host of new audiences that, that previously weren't familiar with our work. Um, but of course, the pandemic sent audiences online and it was great that we could be there and sort of cushion the fall a little bit. And of course, not not replace the joy of live performance, but be there to uh, to offer something a little bit different, but uh, still still sharing some similarities and allow people to access um, access theatre from the comfort of their own homes and the safety of their own homes. Yeah, we saw lots of companies uh, presenting work, whether that be uh, just interview um, uh, subject matter. Um, a lot of companies overseas, European companies, National Theatre Live, people became more aware of as they were sharing their um, their extensive repertoires. Uh, it certainly was a, a quick fix to a horrible time. Yeah, it it was, it was, and um, and I think uh, I think it it continues to sort of bridge uh, a gap for a lot of people. I mean, the landscape has changed so dramatically um over the past couple of years um and you know through forming uh, uh forming relationships with a bunch of new communities um and, and new, new audiences um we've sort of put some really sturdy roots in um and uh and are allowing people a bit of a choice as to whether or not um how how they access their theater i suppose um how they go about that and in, and in what format well, I'm keen to uh, learn more about Australian Theatre Live, but before that, perhaps we can learn some more about you. Um, you are a, a theatrical beast and have had uh, extensive performance and, and producing experience before joining Australian Theatre Live as a, an associate producer. Uh, when did uh, when do you think you were first bitten by the theatre bug? Oh gosh, uh, I I was bitten fairly young. Um, <laughs> I I am I am the first to have bit, been bitten by the bug in in my line in my family. Um, but yeah, pantomime was was my introduction to theatre. Pantomime and Shakespeare, what a what a combination. Um, Shakespeare, which of course I've returned to. Pantomime, I haven't. There's not a lot of pantomime in Australia, sadly. But um, yeah, I, I was bitten very much as a young person, and it, it stayed in my life from then on. Um, um, and yeah, I just I just couldn't shake it. Panto is of course very big in the UK. Is that where yes. you got your fix? You saw them there? Did you grow up in no. the UK? No, no. I um, I'm, my folks are from the UK. Uh, that is uh, that is where my roots are. Um, but no, I was introduced to Panto at a very small uh, company called the Roof Theatre, which was in Shell Harbour in New South Wales. I'm not sure if it's still around um but they did a sort of a yearly panto which um a little community theater i got involved with as as a five six year old um and uh and yeah i just was obsessed but they did their job of course if they if they hooked you they definitely definitely did and set you on a path. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but, but as an adult, you've you've uh, co-founded Eye Contact Theatre Company, in which you write and produce and perform. And, and I've seen your face on social media at the moment. I, aren't you involved with um, some theatre performance now? I I am. Uh, I'm currently producing a work which is going on at Meraki Arts Bar. Um, but after that, um, I in early 2023, I'll be back in Queensland at Queensland Theatre uh, for As You Like It, getting to step back in the shoes of Rosalind, which is very, very exciting. Um, and also producing a work at uh, National Theatre of Parramatta called Girl Band, um, which is a new ghost theatre company 
production. Um, so I'm I'm thrilled. I've got a few little uh, passion projects in the works um, and excited for all of them. What are you producing at the moment? We should give that a plug. Yes, yeah, so I'm producing The Dazzle. It's an Australian premiere production. It's by Richard Greenberg. It's an American play uh, presented by Corvus Arts Theatre. We open on the 17th of November. We run through to the 3rd of December. Um, and it is a tale of uh, what are thought to be America's first hoarders. Uh, so it's it's a story of obsession, um, fraternal love, uh, and and you know how we how particularly how neurodiverse people sort of cope in uh, that was um, of course a um, early twentieth century world, but uh, very much uh, resonates to today. Yeah, I, I talked about theatre enriching our lives, but certainly you know with a, a, a production like that, a play like that, you, it allows us to walk in someone else's shoes for a couple of hours it exposes us to us to other worlds which we we may not necessarily be familiar with and uh take away a lot from that experience yeah i think that's one of uh, my favorite things about being involved in the arts i think um it's really special to get to uh enter and explore worlds that might be different from our own or even you know sometimes entering a world that is similar to ours we can learn so much. We can feel validated. Um, we can feel challenged or provoked. Yeah, I think I think one of one of my most favorite parts of of being involved in the arts is is the act of shoe swapping. I think it's um it's a it's an important uh, practice for us as humans. Um, and I, I I don't think there's a lot of opportunity to do it elsewhere um, outside of the arts. And I think it can teach us so much as well as being of course entertaining and um and you know it's socially connecting us i think it um it, it's really important to have those opportunities to uh to be imaginative and to um to get that perspective um outside of our own sort of bubble were your parents happy about a career in the arts for their daughter <laughs> um <laughs> Yes, I I think uh, I'm I'm very fortunate that uh, I come from uh, I come from a family, uh, a very tight knit family uh, with parents who who were very much uh, very much supportive of whatever it was, whatever paths we we chose to pursue. They certainly hadn't had that luxury as young people, so I think um, it was important to them that their children uh, did. Um, they certainly, I think, encouraged me to keep my options open along the way and to not get too, uh, too tunnel vision too soon. Um, whether or not they were successful at that, uh, I think is, uh, is questionable, but, uh, they certainly tried. Um, but no, I, I think they, they're happy to see me happy. Um, and potentially would like me to have a little bit more of a, a, a stable life, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> And it's an unstable life, but it's an exciting life, isn't it? It's, it is. It is, and it a keeps, fulfilling one. Keeps one alive. Um, so, so finishing secondary school, where, mm -hmm. where do you where do you go to next to to train and sort of cut your teeth on uh, on some skills? Yeah, so I I left school early and I um I gained early acceptance into uni. Um and I actually took a little bit of a sidestep and did a, a bachelor in film and television production, which actually uh led me quite nicely to ATL. Um 
but yeah, so I, I jumped behind the camera for a little while. Um, it was something that I was um, also very interested in. Um, and I'm, I'm super grateful that I um, I did go down that um, uh, that path. I think it's it's informed a lot of my craft. It's it's meant that I um, I sort of I I love being an artist who wears multiple hats. I just I I find that that's a um, that's a good way to be. Um, I went off to the UK for a little while. Um, did some some short courses over there. Um, came back to Australia. Um, and uh, and yeah and i've been in sydney since i think 20 2015 i made the move from queensland so uh, and have been happily here since an avid theater goer also no doubt do, do you recall the first time you experienced a a play that had been filmed for for recording for broadcast i do although it was slightly unusual i um i I think the very first, so I, I worked at Dendi Cinema for a while, who of course um, have a fabulous relationship with um, uh, National Theatre. And so I was pretty lucky to sit in on, on quite a few of those screenings. I think one of the early ones was actually um, a celebratory uh, event whereby a whole load of actors from, you know, David Tennant, um, I think that I think Judy Dench was a part of it as well. Um, did scenes from Shakespeare's plays, um, and and that was recorded and, and broadcast uh, to Dendi. I think that was the first uh, in, interaction I had with digital theatre. Yeah, and the, the the first ATL capture I saw, I remember quite vividly, which was uh, which was away. Um, that was the first. Australian version of digital theatre I, I saw. Broadcast from the Sydney Theatre Company, of course. Yes, yes, indeed. I go back a little bit longer than that. I think it was it was it was definitely the eighties. So we're talking at least thirty years ago. And at, at the ABC used to have a Sunday afternoon arts program, and over mm. a month, every every Sunday for four Sundays, they screened a different Stephen Sondheim musical, from Sweeney Todd to Into the Woods. Follies in Concert and one other, I forget. But it I remember it just being the most extraordinary experience because there was no way as, uh, you know, you have dreamt of getting to New York or to see a, a Broadway musical at that point. So to have them recorded and filmed offered such a, um, a visceral, visceral and emotional experience uh, connecting to, to theatre that you otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that continues to be such an important part of ATL is the fact that um, that productions that we capture here or in Queensland um, or South Australia or Melbourne um, are able to um, be introduced to audiences all over, especially regionally and rurally, where those kinds of productions, uh, I mean, the touring landscape is is so difficult. It's it's um, to to bring works of that size to um, uh, to smaller communities um, is is difficult. Um, so to be able to offer them um, a, a digital product is is really fantastic and um, means that we can sort of um, we can just uh, address, I guess, the inequity of access. 
that is um is quite troubling in in the arts um when we look outside of our sort of metropolitan areas well there's all sorts of reasons why people cannot get to uh the theater in big cities too uh you talk about regional yeah. areas but um they can also be immunocompromised we talked about covid yes. before and they don't want to go out and, and and mix uh with big crowds uh in live spaces um a myriad of reasons why i mean it's quite expensive to go to the theater now also Oh, gosh, yeah, and it's not just the price of the ticket, you know, it's the price of getting to and from the venue, um, parking, um, and, and you know, oftentimes if you're eating before a show or or buying drinks, you know, it, it, it certainly adds up um, and, and not everybody is in a position to afford that. And so, you know, we end up offering um, a yearly subscription, which is about the same price as, you know, one show at our main stage theatre company. Um, and, you know, that's access to 18 plays to watch as many times as you like. So, um, and, you know, and also, um, yeah, I think theatre can cannot always be um, as uh, accessible as we'd like it to be to, to members of the deaf community, to people who are hard of hearing, um, to people who have access needs, who might need a wheelchair. Um, a lot of the indie theatres in Sydney, unfortunately, aren't fit out for for wheelchair access, um, and so so that that means that a lot of people are sort of limited in in what what they can see, what they can support, um, and what they can enjoy. So having it uh, having a digital option, I think, is is great for all of those people. Um, the other big uh, reason for uh, enjoying ATL also is uh, you're preserving Australian mm -hmm. theatre heritage. Also, I mean, how often have we thought we've heard about a production that may have happened in the in the eighties and the nineties, or and you wish, gee, I wish, I wish I could see that somehow. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I even do that. I did that with Away, um, our capture of um, SDC and Malthouse's Away. I, uh, I missed that production uh, when it was uh, when it was live in person, and when I found it online, I was overjoyed that I got to experience it. Um, and certainly, moving forward, I think it's uh, it's ATL is is still relatively new. I think our first capture was in 20, 2013. Um, but we're still, I mean, we're almost. We're almost 10 years on from that um and um and it's going to be really exciting to see you know in 20 30 40 50 years um all of these plays that were captured now um and how audiences will respond to them in the future um and this record of australian theater heritage that is created um and how fantastic for people to not have to look overseas internationally um, for for that kind of experience, I think for it to be homegrown and um, and sort of uh, more representative of our own national culture is um, is really special. I've learned a new word today. You you don't film your performances; you capture them. That's that's uh, we perfect. capture them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now your one of your co-founders is, of course, Grant Dodwell. Um, we've probably answered his impetus for for commencing uh, the company and and capturing live performance, but uh, he's worked um, very hard alongside um, uh, another couple of his colleagues uh, to to get this off the ground. Yeah, Grant, uh, Grant, Peter Hiscock, and Raj Sid, who uh, formed ATL. Um, I think it was officially formed. Um, in in 2014 as a company, however, our first capture was in in 2013, um, and they they established it as a not for profit, 
Um, and yeah, the impetus for, for doing so was um, all three had been involved in the arts all their lives. Um, Grant obviously has a background of being uh, an actor. Um, if you uh, are a country practice fan, you will know his face very well. Um, and then Peter um, has a, a really prolific uh, background in uh, producing. Um, and Raj came at it from also from the perspective of an actor, but also uh, he has um, a, a very strong business background. Um, so the three of them had met at various stages in life and uh, and I think were incredibly um, ambitious and, uh, and and really big dreamers in seeing this gap in the market and this opportunity to uh, to do something that hadn't been done to tread a path that had not been trodden um and uh, and and all in service of the arts and of our, um, our artists as well um you know it's it's as a company we are very much about uh, being a conduit um between you know audience uh, artists and audiences you know we we come to the party and we uh we capture what has been created and we we put it out into the world um and so it, it's not it's not necessarily about us having an artistic stamp on it it's more so just um you know being uh part of that journey of ensuring that um the beautiful work that is made in australia is is able to be seen and appreciated and enjoyed by as many people as possible um which I think is just such a, it's it's a pretty noble thing, and it's 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 really, um, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful company to work for. I think to to come to work and just be surrounded by people. You know, we're we're a small team, but we're a team of, of people who love what we do, um, and uh, and there's a lot of heart and uh, a lot of goodwill, and um, and yeah, we're we're just trying to, um, yeah, make art more accessible and um, and preserve it and um yeah ensure that it uh it it has uh as big and beautiful a life as it can well i've been fortunate enough to see a couple of the atl catalog and i must say they are captured beautifully there's so much that happens on stage in a production um and when you're in the audience you're able to take that all in but but magically what um you know your filming process has done it captures all of those moments um through various cuts and angles it knows it, you obviously see the performance a few times before you capture it yes so uh we are uh, we see a work multiple times before uh before we're in there with our cameras um and uh, and usually we'll have an archival recording as well, which will be watched many more times in the office. Um, and we'll pour over that alongside the script. Um, Grant and Peter um, spend hours and hours marking up the script, taking note of every actor's entrance, um, every actor's um, you know basic blocking um, in the space to know you know who's where when, um, and that becomes sort of uh, uh, the map that they follow when uh, when we're we're in the performance recording um because they'll be communicating to our camera crew via headset um the camera crew generally won't see the show before 
uh, before we capture it, before the day of. Um, but Peter and Grant will be so across the show that they'll be able to uh, sort of let them know what's what's coming up and what to be prepared for. Um, and I think the success of the captures is is really, um, you know, we owe a great deal of thanks to our, our camera crews um, and our, our soundies, our editors, our graders, everyone that that is um, that that brings uh, such beautiful work to the table. But you know, our camera crew are so skilled at what they do. Um, you know, they they generally come from a film and television background. Um, but you know, shooting a play, uh, we had a, a cameraman recently describe that as you know it's it's like a 90 minute single take um of the action uh so you know there's no there's no stopping there's no uh there's no moment to reframe or refocus you know it's all it's all in one go which is uh i can imagine uh, quite quite um a bit of pressure but they always just the results are always so um so incredible they are. And it's an incredible library that that you've accumulated thus far that covers a variety of spaces, companies, repertoire, all Australian repertoire, I must say, but but plays like Away, which you mentioned, the Dapto Chase, which took play, place at Griffin Theatre, I think, uh, as did Emerald City. Uh, this Much Is True, Diving for Pearls, The Wharf Review. You've got got several performances of the of the Wharf Review. I understand Rumble Stiltskin, um, Liberty, Equality, Fraternity. I'm sure you could continue the list. How many do you have in the library thus far? So uh, currently on ATL On Demand, uh, we have 18 uh, plays. Um, and that is that is quickly growing. So uh, we, we were doing a count today. Um, so as of today, we have 21 films edited uh, and ready to, to go up on the platform. There are a couple more to make their cinema debuts before they'll hit the platform. Um, but there are 21 that are edited and there's another, I think another six that are currently in post-production. Um, and there's another seven or so on the table for capturing next year. Uh, so there's there's a lot more to come, but already it is, as you say, it's a pretty impressive and diverse collection of works. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to uh, to see how some of the the newer editions um, uh, are, are received. We've got some beautiful works from Griffin Theatre Company, another Pinch Gut Opera, another two Pinch Gut Operas to go up, um, and uh, and and we recently captured a 25A uh, downstairs Belvoir independent show, uh, The Italians by Danny Ball, which is just a riot and sold out. Uh, so it'll be great for audiences who missed out to be able to re-experience that magic. Um, it's so great. I think uh, I'm I'm personally very excited to see more independent uh, theatre productions hit the catalogue because I think uh, that's a that's a really important part of the sector to support. Well, God, if somebody or a family wanted to make uh, a theatre night every fortnight, uh, mm. a Sunday night, perhaps they could get through the whole library in a year. What what wonderful uh, yeah. ways to uh, to share a moment with the family. So, how do we access it? Uh, access it, um, Emma. So, uh, the platform can be accessed uh, via our website, which is australiantheatre.live. Um, otherwise, you can type in stream.australiantheatre.live. 
live and that'll take you directly to the platform itself. Um, if you want to check out more about uh, what is available in the catalogue, we have a FAQ page on the website um, and there are a few little troubleshooting uh, things there as well, including some advice as to how to get uh, get the captures up onto your big screen, onto your television. Um, but yeah, and we can also be found on uh, on social media as well. And there's um, we're currently sort of working our way through the catalogue uh, with a few little teaser clips so you can uh, get familiar with uh, with what contents on there and um, and soon we'll be announcing uh, what's uh, what's coming up in 2023 ATL a wonderful addition to our, um, our theater experiences it's a, a tremendous cultural project uh, preserving our artistic heritage and providing a great legacy as well as terrific entertainment thanks Emma for um, for sharing uh, all of that information today it's been fantastic. Of course, thank you so much for having me, Peter. It's, uh, it's a joy to, to have a chat about, um, about ATL. Australian Theatre Live's catalogue includes theatrical experiences from Sydney Theatre Company, Griffin Theatre Company, the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra, Sydney Festival, King's Cross Theatre, uh, The Old Fits and more. There is something in the catalogue for everyone with new additions to look forward to monthly. A great way to access some of the best of what Australian theatre has to offer, regardless of your location, income or access needs. Australian Theatre Live grants all Australians the opportunity to enjoy, critique and participate in the development of our artistic heritage. Find out more at australiantheatre.live. Thanks for joining us in this episode. It is always great to have your company. I'm Peter Eyes. Keep well, keep warm, stay safe, and I'll catch you next time on Stages.